Hello and welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, doing something a little bit different on this episode. I wanted to talk about my book trilogy. Uh, the first book releases today on Amazon. It's been available for pre-order for a little bit, but now is the day that it actually releases and becomes available. So if you've pre-ordered it and uh, you ordered the Kindle version, it should be there. If you ordered the print version, um, it will be there as soon as Amazon can get it to you. That's unfortunately out of my hands. Um, I will also have uh, signed copies available through my website as soon as I get those links up. Um, the links will be in the show notes, but I'll hopefully have them up before this episode airs. Um, the print book for the first one, uh, I should be able to have the pre-order. The other ones will not be available until shortly before the other two books launch. The launch schedule is book one, obviously, today, November the 22nd, and then book two will be December 27th, and book three, January 24th of 2023. So I'm very excited to finally get this story out to you. Um, Originally, this was a 14-page screenplay, and I finished that in February of 2010. So we're almost 13 years from the initial... um, draft uh, completion of of the short film. I was going to shoot it with some friends over a weekend, pay everybody like a hundred bucks out of my pocket and just have some fun, you know, make a movie that had kind of a point to it. But, you know, something that was a little short, I would do the music. Um, I had the whole thing cast. We even did a a table read of the screenplay, which was great. Um, But let me step back and tell you where I got the idea. So the concept of the book came from a show called Moral Court, where I only saw a couple episodes of it. I don't think it lasted very long, which is kind of unfortunate, but it was based on these trials, kind of like, um, you know, you would see shows like Judge Joe Brown or Judge Judy, and they would have um, the court trial, but instead of being decided by the laws that we have on the books, it would be decided more by morality, or at least, you know, I think you should have done this morally, this wasn't the right thing to do which was kind of an interesting concept to me if I understood it right, because I thought our laws were based on morality in the first place. They should be at least, but maybe it was more how, like what percentage, who was at fault or um, how the award would be based. Uh, but any of, anyway, all of that seems like that should have come under the way our laws were designed. So I thought that was kind of an interesting concept and I kind of expanded that to, well, what would happen if we did that, but with universal law? Now, at this point, the secret was getting really big, and um, I started learning a lot about the universal laws, especially as pertaining to the law of attraction. Some of the other laws I had read Think and Grow Rich um, by Ernest Nightingale, and I was taking you know some classes with some different people and, and doing a lot of studying with my brothers and really digging into what this was all about and how it worked and, and what resonated with me and what didn't. So around that time, I found, too, that there were people who you could talk to about things like this, who would have, you know, they were into it, they were learning it, they had seen the secret or whatever their gateway was into it. And there were other people that were just like, this is the snake oil of the day. This is uh, stupid. You're an idiot for believing in it. Pretty much the way that people have talks about religion or politics. I mean, people are just not capable of having a discussion with somebody that believes something that they don't. And it's really become quite a mess. And that gets addressed a little bit in the book as well. But I started seeing this, you know, separation between people. So, of course, you know, I let my mind go where my mind goes. And I took that to the level of what if this gets to the point where now the United States is just split in half 
and we're on the brink of a civil war. Things are getting ugly. There's brutality, which could really only come from one side because the people that believe in the law of attraction would not, um, you know, they would sit there and analyze why things are happening to them. They would not go out and be violent themselves. And then there has to be people that are undecided or afraid to commit or afraid to state their position for, you know, being judged one way or another. And I think that happens with a lot of people. So I took all these concepts and I just put them together and started creating the story. Originally, it was very simple. It was the whole thing took place in the courtroom. It was a short trial, divorce case between a husband and wife. Um, I have not read the screenplay in a while, so I can't remember if they had a child or not. Um, As the development for that came and we did the table read, my producer came to me and said, you know, if you do this as a feature, we could potentially get money to shoot it. Uh, As a short, you're not going to get any money in a a short film. Even with product placement, you're probably not going to get anything because who's going to see it? So so I rewrote it as a feature-length film. And then um, it was okay, I I like this, but let's try it as a car accident case. So I rewrote an entire feature as a car accident case. But I wasn't happy with it because I couldn't find a way to really connect to the characters. You know, a divorce, they're connected. They have that history. Um, There's bigger stakes. You know, with a car accident, it's pretty much what is the court going to decide? And, you know, injuries and whatever. So I, I was never really happy with that. Then she said, I want you to rewrite it, but tell it from the perspective of the reporter. So again, rewrote an entire script, telling it from the perspective of the reporter. But again, I found I couldn't get that connection between my characters that I I really wanted to. So I wrote it, um, rewrote it uh, again as a divorce case, but as a more you know omniscient where I could kind of follow everybody and be the all knowing storyteller of here's what these people are doing now, here's what these people are doing now. Let's go visit this person, uh, kind of setup. I I just find that that writing from a character perspective, it's not something that that I'm good at. I know some authors that are incredible at that. They can tell some incredible stories, but there are so many characters, so many different storylines that are being told at the same time. I just couldn't find a way to do that and have it make sense. Um, I'm sure a more skilled writer in that um, methodology could probably do something incredibly wonderful, but that's not me. So I rewrote it. And um, that was around the time I was moving to California. So there wasn't really any uh, ability now to shoot this in in Arizona with my friends anymore. We never found any money to do it. So it it really became more of a, um, okay, now what am I going to do with it? I thought the idea was good. I thought the story was good. I thought it was compelling. It had a lot going on. And I thought there's some there's some real messages here about society and how we interact and how we treat each other. I think I think there's some value in this story getting out. So um, working with a friend, we shopped it to a couple of studios. Um, you know, I don't know what actually happened. What I was told was that there were two studios that were interested. Um, Paramount and Warner Brothers were very interested in it, but they weren't ready to shoot it right now. Now, whether they were even approached by this person, I do not know whether there anybody ever read it. I do not know. But what I do know is if that happened and if that was their response, that is going to end up in a drawer or a filing cabinet somewhere and no one's ever going to see it again until somebody goes to clean out and recycle that paperwork. So they were pretty much dead ends. And so I was pretty frustrated at this point. I didn't have any other avenues. Um, I had finished the third version, or I was just about to finish the the third uh, revision of my Becoming an Independent Independent Film Composer book. 
And I thought, you know, why don't I just, it, it seems whenever I trust other people to do things, nothing ever happens. So I'm going to take this back and I'm going to put it in my own hands. I'm going to convert it from a screenplay to a novel. That shouldn't be too hard, right? So I figured, you know, a, a screenplay is very dry because that's all going to get filled in as they adapt it for the film, right? So you're just writing the story. Here's what happens. You're not writing, you know, as they drive by, they smell the fuel of diesel from the truck next to them. They're passing this beautiful outcropping of trees. You're not filling in all those colors. So basically, I thought that's all I had to do. Not at all. Um, the story was being completely rewritten as I was redeveloping it for a novel. I was just coming up with all these ideas. And then I got invited to shoot uh, for a day on the set of Jason Bourne. They were doing some shooting here in Vegas. They actually shot quite a chunk of the, the movie here. And um, immediately I jumped on it. And normally I wouldn't have, but here's why I did. When I was 15 and we moved to Colorado, they were shooting Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade down near the Royal Gorge, which is a couple hours away. I was 15. I didn't have a license. I didn't have a vehicle. I didn't have a way to get down there. And I always regretted not being able to be a part of that film. I mean, Harrison Ford, Sean Connery, how do you not want to be a part of that film? It's amazing. Um, Of course, I didn't know it was going to be amazing, but I figured it was. I was a big fan of Raiders of the Lost Ark. So that always aided me a little bit. I always feel like I I missed out on something really special there. So when the opportunity to shoot uh, on Jason Bourne came out, I thought, well, yeah, you know, why wouldn't I do that? So I went down, I shot with them for a day, I brought the the screenplay and, and my notebook with me, and I figured, you know, on the breaks or between takes or whatever, I'd work on it. And I did a little bit, but I was pretty much just caught up in everything that was going on. Um, shot all day, I think it was like a 16 or 18 hour day, and it was supposed to be eight. Um, but as people, as the day went on, people had to leave and it kind of dwindled down. And I, I, that really had an effect on the book because I think it took a spy thriller turn at that point. And um, it it definitely had an influence on it one way or another. And so the book really escalated into a much bigger thing than I had originally intended it. And because of the size of the book, um, I decided through recommendation that uh, I should break it into three novels because, you know, this is my first fiction and I've got four books on Amazon now, but they're nonfiction. So um, apparently readers do not give authors a chance if it's too big of a a bite to chew. You know, if it's like small, I can test you out and see if I like your writing or not. They, they're more likely to do it. If you come out with a thousand page book, they're going to be like, no, nah, I'm not even going to bother because I don't know this guy. So you got to earn it, basically. So I thought, okay, I'll split it into three books then, which is why it's a trilogy instead of one long book. Um, so as the story has developed, um, it, it went from a simple you know, courtroom scene, let's just shoot this over two days to this would be a massive undertaking for it to be a film. And I I think it would be awesome if somebody would like to adapt it. I would be very open to ideas for that. Um, There's a lot of characters, but there there really are only so many that are focused on. So at first, it may seem a little bit hard to keep track of everybody. I had a hard time with it for a while. Um, But, you know, obviously, the more I worked on the book, the more everybody kind of grew on me and I started developing them as people a little bit more than the original draft. This has been rewritten so many times. I don't even know now how many drafts I'm on. I just know that the first one was finished October 28th of 2010 as a 14 page screenplay. And the book was finished this year in 2022. 
and uh, edited and ready for beta reading. And even uh, after the final beta reading, it got some revisions with with those notes and with other things I caught as I did my final read through before uh, releasing them. Um, it's been a crazy journey, you know, almost 13 years to get this project out. Um, I never take that long to do anything. A lot of that was out of my hands. A lot of that was waiting, um, which, you know, it, it is what it is. When when the projects get done when they're meant to get done, I think it probably in the end is better for it. But I think it's a pretty pretty comprehensive story at this point. And um, I'm really proud to, to get it out there. I do want to mention my uh, graphic designer for the cover, Scott Lazinski. He did an amazing job. Um, he took a basic idea that I had and turned it into something that was really uh, 10 times better than I could have asked. Um, I had thought we needed, a, a, from my original sketch that I sent him, I thought we needed an extra element. And then we ended up taking that out because I just wasn't... Um, I just wasn't happy with it. I think I overshot my concept at the beginning, but he, you know, just like when I work with Kelly, like I, I give a simple drawing and a concept and they turn it into spun gold as far as I'm concerned. Love the color. Um, I love the graphics. All three co- covers are are done and, and absolutely spectacular. Um, if you go to my website and you click on the book links, there's uh, links to all the series. So the Vegas series, my composer book, um, audiobooks I've worked on, and also this, um, you know, the Universal Court trilogy. So if you click on that link, you can see all the covers, a short description of what each book is about. It's so hard to write those because I know what happens. I want you to get excited about it, but I don't want to tell you what happens. You know, I, I need to tell you enough to where you'll go, okay, I'll give this a shot. I want to see what happens. But not so much that I'm like, you get to the point where you're reading things you're like, yeah, I knew that was coming. He, he said that in the description. So those are really super hard to do. I don't know how many times I wrote and revised those, probably more than the book. Um, but I, I'm really proud to get this out. I hope you'll give it a chance. Um, if you do, please leave a review. If you hate it, if you think it's the most horrible thing you've ever read, write that down. You know, be honest. That's all I ask. I, I don't want anybody um, lying or, or you know anything. Just just be honest. Don't do it to please me. Don't give it a five star review just because we're friends or because you know me or you listen to my podcast or whatever. Um, do that if you think it's worth five stars. If you think it's worth three, give it three, whatever. Um, just be honest about it. And um, the most important thing is that you give it a rating, um, at least if you want to give it a review, even better. It just helps me get seen by more people. And honestly, you know, we're unpublished or non um, published authors or self published authors. We really need that word of mouth. It is so important to get seen and to um, you know help climb the charts and get noticed to get on that new and noteworthy section to where Amazon's recommending it to people. Uh, it, it's a tough thing. And there's so much art out there, especially with the pandemic. So many people were releasing so many things. Um, what I hear, heard the statistic was like 62,000 people a day uh, upload music or 62,000 songs a day get uploaded to iTunes. Like, that's just insane. How do you cut through that and get noticed at all? It seems almost impossible. Well, the way that you do it is word of mouth. So please uh, give it a whirl. Uh, even if you if you just want to read the first book, the Kindle is, is 99 cents. Um, you know, I did that as a, you know, try to get you interested and, and be willing to give it a shot. They're not huge books. Um, 78, 75 to, I think 75,000 words is about the average. So not huge. Um, definitely digestible chapters. A lot of the chapters are really short. I did that on purpose. Um, I like when, when I read books, I, I like to have short chapters because I get that. All right. I really, I don't want to go to bed yet, or I'm really tired, but let me just read one more. Cause I really want to know what happens or oh, the next chapter is only two pages. I, I'll just read two more pages and then I'll go to bed and then it's all right. The next one's three pages. I'll, I'll read that. So there are 
in the beginning, there are longer chapters. Um, there are some very long chapters, but most of them, as you get, I would say about halfway through the first book, uh, most of them are pretty short. And um, that was done definitely by design. Um, it happened to work out well for the story, um, or at least the way I was able to tell the story. But I think it, it covers it all. But it's just like, okay, I'll read one more. You know, I really, I, I like that. And as a reader, that really helps me want to pick up the book too. Because even if I like the story, if the next chapter is 35 pages, it's going to be really hard for me to go, okay, I've got the time to make the commitment to read this next giant chapter without having to break it into parts and getting disconnected from it. So uh, that was the strategy behind that. Um, I hope you guys find that enjoyable. The other thing that's really important, like I said, is that I wrote it from an omniscient perspective. So it's not following any one story. There's multiple stories and multiple characters um, intertwining with each other, but we need to know what's going on with each of them. So I thought that was really the best way to do it. Some people don't like that style or can't follow it. I understand that. Um, That's why I want to be upfront and honest about it. Um, I did put that on Amazon on all three book descriptions, and it is on the website just in case that is an issue for readers. Some readers are very, very picky about that. So I wanted to be fair and give you that heads up. Um, I I don't know what more I could do. (laughs) But I'm really proud of this book. Um, I hope you give it a chance. And even more importantly, I hope that you rate it. I hope that you um, tell your friends, you know, share the post, spread the word, whatever we can do to help. Because I think that this, the commentary in this book, I think could really be eye-opening and can help make the world a little bit better, even if it's just for a short time. Um, you know, anything that we can do to lift the stress, to treat each other better, to find better ways to do things and, and you know, work together, I, I think is is very, very helpful. So that was my point with all of that. Um that's pretty much all I wanted to say about the book. Like I said, I hope you guys will give it a chance. Thank you very much for listening or and if watching if you're watching the YouTube version. Um, I think this is the very first podcast I've ever done with just me. Usually I only do interviews on YouTube. So um, something a little different. But, you know, you got to branch out. You got to do some different things sometimes. And I definitely want to see this be successful. So thank you guys for your time. See you in the next episode of the podcast. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>